Good morning, Calvary. Wow, this vast crowd of seven people. And to all you who are still getting your donuts and coffee, if you would mind just heading this direction as we get started. I think the coffee and donuts were designed to get everybody here early, but man, those Stan's donuts sure look good. I, I had to really control myself to walk past that. So... Um, if you're watching online or in the small chapel, we welcome you as well. This is going to be a, a different kind of service this morning. Um, and if today is your first day at, at Calvary uh, or watching online, our service is going to look a little different. And we're going to do it uh, where we look back at what God has done over the last... We're going to give you some financial and business information because this is a, the annual meeting, as well as looking back over the last year and then looking forward to what God is doing, uh, what we see God doing in 2022. So I think you're going to enjoy it, although it will be different, so sit back and, uh, and enjoy that. Um, so for those visitors, we are glad you're here, and uh, we look forward to seeing you again. Um, so, why don't I uh, open us in prayer right now? Father God, we just thank you for your blessings, your care for each person that's uh, in attendance or watching online. We thank you for um, how you've cared for Calvary over the last year, and we're excited about uh, what we believe you're going to do in our lives and in Calvary over the over 2022 and the years beyond. So bless this time. We invite you to be the center of this meeting and to be um, ever present in all of our lives. In your name, amen. amen. So to get the uh, business part going, um, I have to officially say that... Uh, I call this uh, annual meeting of Calvary Church of Los Gatos to order, and, um, and so we can begin. So what we're going to do today is we're going to start with uh, some information about, as business meetings do, and then we're going to, about financial information and how we ended the year last year, what the budget for this year looks like. Um, then we're going to cover the last year in review, because there's some amazing things that happened last year that we want to make sure everyone's aware of and that we can all celebrate. And then we're going to look forward to, to this year and, um, and what the staff and the elders feel led um, for Calvary for this year as they prayed over all this. And then at the end, we're going to, I'll come back up and we'll thank a bunch of people and uh, give you guys a chance to pray for Calvary. So that's the, that's the agenda. Um, what I would say right now is if you're <clears throat> here or at home, get your communion elements. If you're at home, remember that um, really because these are symbols, if you don't have grape juice or wine, if you don't have unleavened bread, that doesn't matter because they are symbols. So please uh, 
take a moment while I, I make a few more remarks and then we're gonna do communion. So one of the things that normally happens at the annual meeting is that we, excuse me, <clears throat> um, we elect uh, a new elder. And we have one elder, David Chun, who's leaving the board and we'll thank him later in the, in the agenda. But, uh, but this year we decided with uh, our new lead pastor, Dale Gustafson, arriving literally in a month, uh, we're gonna defer um, electing an elder until he's been here and has a chance to kind of speak into that decision. So, so that's the reason you won't see a, a replacement for David being elected right now. That also means that probably sometime mid-year we'll, we'll probably have a, a, a separate meeting to do that. So let's, um, let's move now into a time of communion and... Um, I'm so glad the donut crew is starting to roll in here. This is awesome. Uh, I wonder if you could use coffee and donuts for your communion elements. I don't, I don't know. Um, so communion. Communion is really, a, you know, the leadership team and Frank and I uh, went to a conference where Francis Chan talked about communion and the importance of communion. And it just really struck us. What he said was that for the first 1,500 years of the church, what was center in every church was the elements um, because it represents the new covenant that Jesus brought. And I think they understood the importance and significance of that in ways that maybe we I uh, had not. I, I had gotten into the thank you for being my savior and thanking him for that. But the reality is that new covenant impacts the entire earth. Um, if you look back at the way the world was after the fall and before Jesus, it was a tough time to especially be a Gentile. Um, the new covenant changed everything. And we are so loved by him to be able to, um, ha to participate in that new covenant and have a relationship with, through Jesus with God that, that was not possible since the beginning, since the fall on. Um, so, so as we take the uh, elements... I'm gonna focus a little bit more on that than maybe we, we have in the past because it's so, so significant. So let's uh, everyone bow their heads and just for a moment, just gather your thoughts and, um, and just ask the Lord to, uh, to speak with you, to, to be with you. And I'm going to read a passage out of 1 Corinthians 11. On the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So if you wouldn't mind taking your cracker or bread and break it. And as you partake of it, just think of his body broken for you and for us.
In the same way, he took up the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as long as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So join me in partaking of the, of the cup. The modern church is fond of talking about Malachi 3 when we talk about this idea of partnership financially with our church. And it's not hard to see why. After all, it's here that God gives permission to the entire nation of Israel to test him and find out that he is good. It's a reminder from God to his people that he knows their needs, that he sees them, and that he wants to bless them if only they will be faithful to him. But in true form, God does not require the Israelites to choose him. He gives them a choice. And to be sure, the Israelites are in desperate need of blessing at this point. They've been out of exile for about 100 years, but corruption and poverty and injustice are reigning. They had rebuilt the temple, but people were coming and bringing faithless offerings before God. And idolatry and divorce was rampant, and the people, quite frankly, didn't know what to do. They turned their back on God and the covenant that he had made with Israel. And so God, in his loving graciousness, invites his people back to him by reminding them all they have to do is be faithful and he will abundantly bless them. And the whole book of Malachi is this incredible reminder of God's heart and his deep care for us as people. And because we know that God does not change, that he is the same yesterday as he is today, as he will be tomorrow, when we turn to the New Testament and the New Covenant, we can be assured that God's faithfulness is still present and that his goodness hasn't changed and that he will provide for us. As you probably well know, the New Testament is full of references to money, and Jesus specifically talks a lot about it. And as a church in the past, we've looked at some of those scriptures, and in the future, we will continue to do so. But today, I want to spend a few minutes talking not about money, though I will give you an update, but I want to talk about a posture, a posture that God calls us to, that he asks us to have around generosity. And one of my favorite passages that leans into this comes to us in the form of a letter from Paul to the church in Corinth, and we know it better as 2 Corinthians. And there's a big backstory as to what happened in 1 Corinthians and between the Corinthians, and I'd love to go into it right now, but we don't have time. But just know that by the time we pick up the letter in chapter 8, Paul has already had a very significant journey with the church of Corinth. And in the verses before, he challenges the Corinthians to remember that this idea of success and glory has been flipped upside down but what Jesus did on the cross. And so he says to them, I encourage you to let the Spirit transform your heart and your mind to view the world differently. This is where we pick up. We'll see this in chapter 8, verse 1. And now, brothers and sisters, we want to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, 
entirely on their own. They urged and pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. What's happening here is that there had been a great famine in Jerusalem. And so the Jewish Christians found themselves in Jerusalem in deep poverty, unable to provide for themselves or for their families. And so Paul goes out to the non-Jewish churches he's planted and he says, hey everybody, would you be willing to care for these people in this way? The kingdom of God, would you join me in this? In verse 8, he says, I'm not commanding you to do this or saying that you have to, but I am reminding you that this gospel that this church was built on is entirely based on a generous son of God who gave up everything to become nothing. And so Paul's talking to the church in Corinth and he's asking them, would you participate? And he's encouraging them to be a part of what's going on. And when we pick it up in chapter 9, verse 6, it says, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly and whoever sows generously, or whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. For as it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Calvary Church, this passage points to this heart of generosity that God asks of us, his people. Everything we have comes from him, and I'm not talking just about money, though money certainly fits into this. I'm talking about every athletic ability, every IQ, every EQ, every material possession we have, every character trait, every giftedness that we can claim Every moment we're given on this earth, every relationship, parent, child, friendship, every job that we have worked, every place that we serve, it all comes from a loving heavenly father who provides for us. And what he asks of us in his revision is not that we would hold on tightly or not that we would call it our own, but instead that we would have a posture of open-handedness and say, what would you have me do, Lord, with what you have graciously given me? And if we can have that posture, not just in our heads, but if our hearts can believe in open-handed trust and surrender to truly understand that all we have belongs to him, then we won't struggle with giving out of compulsion or out of a place of reluctance, but instead we'll give in that spirit of cheer that God loves. Dan mentioned it, but in a few minutes, my friend and fellow leadership team, Danny, is going to come up and he's going to talk a little bit about what God has done in 2021 at Calvary. And then my friend Rob, who really wants to be here with us. What's up, Rob? I know you're watching. He is sick and he can't be here today and he's so sad. So Danny and I are going to fill in for Rob and we're going to talk a little bit about where God is taking us in 2022. And spoiler alert, church, 
we are so in awe of what God has done, and we are so excited about where we are heading. So let me take a minute to share a little bit about finances with you. The numbers, the specific numbers are going to be on the board or on the screen behind me, but let me just give some general numbers that are easier for me to say, easier for you to hear, and then you can look at the exact dollars behind me. In 2021, we set the general fund budget at $3.7 million, and it came in with income at about $3.2 million. We were able to hold expenses to $2.9 million, which if you're doing the math, and that's one of God's giftedness in my life that I'll claim, it means that income exceeded expenses by $280,000 in 2021. Yeah, we can praise God for that. So in 2022, looking at actuals, we're going to go with a 3.5% increase over what was given in 2021 and set our budget for the general fund at $3.3 million. And in our global outreach fund, our other major fund, in 2021, we set the budget at $371,000. Income came in around $361,000. Expenses came in at about $354,000. And because this is a revolving budget, our carry forward specific to what we can do in global outreach now exceeds $135,000. So again, God's incredible graciousness on our church. In 2022, we're setting the global outreach fund budget at $388,000, which is a 4% increase over giving. As you have likely heard me say before, if you've been to church probably even once in the last six months, uh, we knew that God would faithfully provide exactly what Calvary needed. And through you, his people, he did. In the midst of leadership circumstances we didn't expect to find ourselves in, and in a pandemic that is now stretching over two years and in a world of uncertainty, the thing that we can continue to be certain of is that God is faithful and his goodness does not and will not change. He will not fail. We read it earlier, but let me read it to you one more time. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. This word cheerful is used to describe the attitude that God wants for us, and it comes from the Greek word hileros. And what it means in Greek is that it's someone who is cheerfully ready to act because they already eagerly approve. It goes back to this posture, this posture of generosity, this open-handed surrender that allows us to be able to steward well what God has given each one of us. Generosity because it all belongs to him and faithful stewardship because that's what we're called to do. In a minute, we are going to spend some time reflecting on and praising God for his faithfulness to Calvary Church, a faithfulness that we get to see tangibly through the provision financially, but also that he's given to each one of us. And so as you came in today, you were hopefully given a card, and one side of that card is a little thank you note from us, because we're so grateful to serve alongside you and with you what God's doing here at Calvary. And on the other side are a set of questions. And in these next few minutes, as we sing praise to God, we're going to give you some time to reflect on those questions. And ultimately, what they point to 
is getting to the place of being able to say, what do you have for me this year, Lord? What can I do with what you have given me? And maybe he'll talk to you in these next few minutes. I hope that he does. But maybe it'll be this week or next week or next month. Whatever the timing is, we encourage you to really reflect on what it is that you have been given. Acknowledge those things. Call them out. And then ask yourself, what is my current posture around what I've been given? And ultimately, Lord, what do you have for me this year from what you have already provided? It is incredible to see the ways that God has provided for Calvary Church, and he's used many of you uh, to do that. And so, again, I won't be the last person to say this, but thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness to this place. Thank you for your faithfulness to the call that God has given to you. And thank you for partnering in ministry with us. We are, are truly grateful and honored and, and just glad to be doing this with you. Um, just for a moment, if you're here for the first time and you're like, what is happening this morning? What are we doing? We are so glad that you're here. This is like one of the best times you could be here because we're talking about where we've been, where we're going, and we're just going to spend a lot of time celebrating, again, the goodness of God. Um, but one of the things that we said we're going to do is take a chance to look back, and so I get the privilege of doing that for a few minutes here this morning. But before we do that, so this isn't just a list of things, I wanted to talk just for a minute about why it's important to remember. And I'm confident that many of you are better at this than I am personally, but I'm learning to be better at it and learning to value it. So I just wanted to share a little bit about what we see in scripture about God's heart for valuing, remembering, and looking back. And then we'll see a little bit of why I think he wants us to do that. So in Exodus, yes, we're gonna go all the way back to Exodus. Um, God has brought the Israelites out of slavery, out of Egypt, and he brings them to, the, to Mount Sinai. He calls Moses up. This is going to be really fun if this Bible doesn't want to stay open. Um, he, he brings Moses up onto the mountain. He's, he's giving him the law. We get the Ten Commandments there. But early on in that communication, one of the things that he says to Moses, he commands him. It says this in Exodus 23. Three times a year you are to celebrate a festival to me. Celebrate the festival of unleavened bread. For seven days, eat bread made without yeast as I commanded you. Do this as the appointed time in the month of Aviv, for in that month you came out of Egypt. No one is to appear before me empty-handed. Celebrate the festival of harvest with the first fruits of the crops you sow in your field. Celebrate the festival of ingathering at the end of the year when you gather your crops from the field. Now, we could spend a lot of time, we could talk like for three weeks about these festivals and the ritual of that the Hebrews and the Israelites would have gone through to remember, they are incredibly significant. And if you want a fun study thing this week, I would encourage you to go look it up. But I think the point of it is that God is already saying to Israel, do not forget what I've done for you. Take time every single, three times every single year to stop working, stop what you're doing, remember and celebrate. And these feasts have so much. John, Pastor John, when he was talking about the senses, they pull on all the senses so that, so that the people would remember and that they would celebrate. By the way, communion that we celebrated earlier is the result of Jesus inserting, inserting himself into the Passover meal, which is a part of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. It's that week-long festival. It's part of that. And he would say, the night he was arrested, he said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And it's not surprising, Jesus being fully God, fully human, that his heart would be aligned with God's heart for the value of remembering. And we see that there. Quickly back to the Old Testament um, after Moses is gone and he appoints Joshua to lead Israel into the promised land across the Jordan River, um, one of the first things that the Lord tells Joshua to do, he says, pick up 12 stones from the river and set them up as a memorial. 
But then Joshua says this for why they did it. He says, in the future when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. God did, this. God did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. We start to see that remembering isn't just for our benefit or for the sake of remembering, but that it's to reveal God's glory and to give him praise in the midst of that. Quickly, just running through some of the Psalms because they're full of prayers and songs of remembrance and worship. But a couple examples here, Psalm 77, 12, I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Psalm 9, 1 says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. Again, we could go on and on and on looking at references. Uh, the Old Testament has the word remember over 200 times. And I think it's, it's significant. God, God commands his people to remember and it, and it shows up regularly. But the reality is we're all being shaped by something and into something. And I think part of that is our experience and our experience to be able to look back on what God has brought us through and to say, God, you are faithful in that, which enables us to trust that we can move forward from there. And so um, it's important for us to do that as individuals, but just like it was for the nation of Israel to remember as a community, that's why we're gonna spend some time doing that this morning as a community, as a family of believers to look back at 2021 and say, and to acknowledge where we saw God move, um, which we'll see later will uh, give us that ability to trust what he's calling us into beyond. All right, so here we go. Anybody expect 2021 to the way it went? Anybody? Okay. If you didn't want to raise your hand and you want to come talk to me afterwards, I would love to talk more about that. But I don't think any of us expected what 2021 was going to be like. We started 2021, if you remember, participating in church from home. Um, we, were, we were recording service here on Tuesday nights or on Sunday mornings and streaming it and, and participating in that way. Um, we would learn pretty early on in the year that Pastor Mark was stepping down and heading back to his home state of Texas. We commissioned another search committee and embarked on another year of transition. God was faithful though, and he provided teaching to Calvary, and we learned from our friends at Westgate. I'm gonna read all these names because it was an incredible list of people that God provided, but Jay Kim, Dave Tish, Ben Pierce, Steve Clifford, David Kim, Joey Manzini, and then other gifted pastors and teachers like Chip Ingram, Brian Loritz, Dr. Tim Muehlhoff, Dan Kimball, Dave Carlson, our own Pastor Rob, we welcome back to Pastors Bob Thomas and Steve Dang. Those are the, those are the guys that God brought to us to teach us over this, this last year and we're incredibly grateful for that. We were able to regather in person as a community on Easter Sunday, and that was a wonderful time to see everybody. We were right out there in the patio, um, and that was an amazing time. One of the things is over this year of a massive transition, both in our church but in our country, there, it's, there's a steady decline in church attendance nationwide. And one of the things that's been true about you, Calvary, is that you've been faithful in participating, whether it's online or here in person, and we're incredibly, incredibly grateful for you sticking it out. And it's been hard, and we get that, and we understand, and we just thank you for sticking in there with us. Um, again, I'm not gonna be the last person to say thank you, but thank you. Um, early in the year, because of your generous giving, we were able to send grants to our global staff around the world, supporting them in the ministry that they're doing and investing in a challenging season around the world. After closing for a short period in 2020, Kitty Campus was able to stay open for all of 2021. Kitty Campus is our preschool, by the way. Um, and we continue to have a full roster of kids in classrooms and a waiting list from people in our community who wanna participate in this amazing school. 
um, and there's, there's some incredible stories. We got to celebrate uh, a Christmas show outside, and that was really, really fun. You can see it there. House of Hope continued providing for the needs of over 100 families weekly, including a clothing drive in the fall that many of you donated to and was extremely successful. Quick note on House of Hope, if you got an email from us on Friday, there is a need that we are trying to meet as a church. Uh, we're not going to talk about it all right now, but we will talk about it in the coming weeks. We'll get more emails. If you want to learn more about how you can help out with that, you can go to calvaryog.com now. The whole thing is there, the story and how you can get involved. You can check that out. Uh, but again, we'll talk about that more in the coming weeks. We were able to host a few outdoor sports camps, welcome kids back to play sports. That was really fun. And then host our first fall basketball league for kids kindergarten through second grade. By the way, I'm going to keep talking about this because there's like 700 kids and families in the gym now that we're getting to play sports, play basketball again with. It is incredible, incredible to see. We were able to host Trunk or Treat in person, and even though it was an absolute downpour if you were there for it, uh, many of you stepped up and said, we'll still come and set up inside, and 700, over 700 people from our community came. Um, and one of the things that we learned in 2021 was how, we talked about pathways, we'll talk about this a little bit more, but how to bring people along um, a digital pathway, and so we'll talk about that. Perfect timing. Weird, like we planned it. Um, I wanted, so I wanted you to hear from some other ministry leaders because it, it's just better for you to hear it from them. So um, this is Alicia, our pastor of children's ministry and our high school pastor, Miranda. Um, yep, thank you, we can welcome them. So Alicia, you had to navigate online church and all the things and trying to stay connected with kids and you did an amazing job with that. Um, and as we started to regather, God put a specific group of kids on your heart. So would you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, first of all, it's just been so good to be back in person with all of our Calvary kids. So I've um, just loved that. And um, this year, um, as I've gotten to um, oversee our elementary kids too, um, I have really um, just been wanting our pre-teens um, to be able to start connecting um, more and more. And so um, I, my plan is um, to do a few events throughout the year so they can have fun and invite friends. And so our first event that we had um, was in December. And it was so fun. We um, invited all third through fifth graders and just told them to invite their friends. And we got a chance to um, see half, I would say half were our Calvary kids, and then the other half um, were friends that came, and it was just so cool to see everybody together, to have fun, and also um, just to see new faces, and for um, me to be able to partner with our third through fifth grade parents, to be able um, to have them invite their friends who don't go to church, and who um, just get a chance to have a fun place um, so that they can introduce um, other families um, to Jesus as well. And so um, we, like I said, had a great time. And I think um, another cool part was our leaders, um, the elementary leaders. Um, some of them came and showed up. And um, I think that was just another special part as we really see, um, like we talk about a lot, church is a family. Um, and so just even the leaders being able to build relationships with um, our third through fifth graders and to have fun and to be intentional with them um, and I just feel so spoiled that it was a Friday night and so all of our leaders work and just the fact that they came on their Friday night um, to spend time 
um, with your third through fifth graders because they love them and they want them to know Jesus. And so it was just a really special, cool event. It was awesome. Yeah. I happened to have a third grader who went and, it, and she loved it and her friends loved it. So thank you. Yeah, Thanks for welcome. giving us an opportunity to do that. You can come over here. You don't have to stand in the dark. No, we're scared of you, Danny. Okay. Sorry. I, that's, I, also, I don't can we mention you. that your third grader is running that camera over there? I know. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, B. <laughs> Literally, you, you're you're going to have to talk afterwards. I'm not sure how yeah, that... You yeah, you do it to me, I do it to her. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, this is Miranda, our high school pastor, and Sam, you had to navigate a ton of things through, through all of this, but you have done an amazing job, along with Amy and Jeff and the entire student ministries volunteer team, to create a space for students to come. Yeah. Um, so would you just share some of your highlights from last year? Yeah, yeah, me, me, Amy, Jeff, um, and then our, we have a team of 24 volunteers that serve every week. Um, I would say the, one of the biggest highlights is over the past two years, but this past year, the faithfulness that our volunteers have had to come every week Wednesday and Sunday and love these students and to go to their games, um, to show up at coffee, to show up at youth group and to do life with them has blown me away and has shown me what the church is and it has shown me what it means for Calvary to be home and to be family, just like Alicia said. Um, and I would say another really cool highlight, we, um, we sent one of our leaders off to Washington. He just moved. Um, and before that, we, we did a a time of just praying for him and celebrating the work that he's done in our ministry. And we had his um, senior guys surround him on stage and pray for him. And some of his senior guys are here right now. Uh, yeah. Um, and they, one of them was praying and he, um, it was so special. He said, we come and go, Joey, but you're always here. Um, and I don't think there's anything that could describe this year more that through the valleys and the mountaintops, through the highs and the lows, through events that are amazing and the days where students um, share the anxiety and depression that they're facing, that Calvary is home, that these leaders are a safe place for them. Um, it reminds me that God is good, that his goodness has been poured out over our ministry even through some of the hardest years uh, that these students will face. So. It's been amazing. Uh, we feel so blessed. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. They, with all of our staff, are doing amazing things. And we, I mean, we could spend days talking about all the cool things happening within the ministry here. And um, maybe we'll do that sometime. Maybe we'll just come together. That'll be our Feast of Unleavened Bread. We'll ask you all to come for seven days and we'll just do I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. If you want to, we could. We could do that. Um, okay. The other thing, Joy was gonna be here this morning, but she wasn't feeling well either, so I'm gonna read some of her update, but she, Joy is our women's and community groups pastor, and she's too done an amazing job of connecting people even when we aren't able to gather, and as things have opened up, like navigating all of that, um, and so Joy has done an amazing job, but one of the things that she talks about is that's, that it's been true for groups, that it's sort of in this up and down kind of experience. Um, but to see groups continue to meet, whether it's been on Zoom or out here in our parking lot or whatever that may be, um, just to, to carry that value of being together um, and being a family in those small groups. Um, we also were able to uh, meet together, uh, meet back in person, sorry. Our, our MOPS group was able to meet back in person. Um, and she said that there were over 30 moms that came. Uh, many of them were new. And it's just this amazing safe space for moms to come and process together and be together in a group. And so, 
again, there's just some really cool things happening with people gathering together, and if you're not in a community group, we would love to talk with you about that and get you connected into a group uh, to be together. A couple more things to look back on. Um, the average time that it takes for a lead pastoral search process in our country is 18 to 24 months. And so um, our search committee was commissioned back in March, and they recommended two lead pastor candidates to the elder board. The elders prayerfully considered those recommendations and arrived at the decision to call Dale Gustafson as our next lead pastor. And then at the end of November, the membership voted to affirm that call. Dale accepted the call, and we're very excited to welcome, here, welcome him here in a month from today. You're gonna to get to hear from him in a little bit by video. But we just, we just believe, we know that God's hand was in this whole process, and we are incredibly grateful that you know, what could have been 18 or 24 months was really just under a year. And um, anyway, so we're, we're just so grateful for, for that. And for those of you who served on the PSC, the search committee, thank you. You, you did uh, basically a full-time job on top of all the other things that you had going on. Yeah. So thank you very much. Last thing I'm gonna say, and then we're gonna, we're gonna keep moving here, but I, um, our, our entire elder board really stepped up this last year in ways that I don't think, again, any of them really anticipated having to do, um, but they did it faithfully and with grace and with love for you and with um, incredible service to our Lord um, and commitment to seeing this church thrive. And so they all, um, maybe, could you all just stand up real quick? Come on. Sorry, I wasn't clear about that. I wasn't clear about that. But um, the one thing I wanna say too about that is Dan, Dan Yoder, you stepped as chairman on January 1st. I don't think you had any idea. I know you didn't. I know you didn't have any idea what was coming this year, but you have been kind and gracious. You have led um, in courageous ways and, and I just, he deserves our gratitude in many, many ways. God provided Dan and Becky Yoder to Calvary Church at this time, and so thank you. Thank you very much. And, and one more, Frank. Um, I know you didn't plan on sitting in every leadership team meeting on Thursdays and dealing with Christy and Rob and I, but you did. Um, you were there first every week, and um, you've been gracious, you have, and you led our search committee. I know you didn't plan on doing that again, um, but you did, and you stepped into it, and you were faithful, and so, again, God has blessed Calvary Church with you and Terry, and we're grateful. I know you'd do it again if we had to, both of you. Not a chance? No, I know you would. I know you would. Um, okay, really quick, the, the word in the Old Testament that is used for remembrance, this word zakar, and I, I dove into this because I was so curious, because it's used hundreds of times, and it has, the beautiful thing about the Hebrew language is it has this depth of meaning. And so certainly it's used to, to call out remembering, it's used to memorialize, it's used to recount, it's actually used for a person in a family who's responsible for passing down the oral tradition to the next generation, but one of the ways it's used is to praise and to worship. And so I, I don't think that that is on accident, but that when we remember the, the appropriate response is to praise God for that and to step into that. And so we're gonna spend some time now just singing and praising God and praising him for his goodness. And so would you stand, um, would you stand with me? And we're, we're gonna, as we remember, as we remember the goodness of God here at Calvary Church, as you recall the goodness of God in your own life, would you praise him and sing 
of the goodness and the faithfulness and the love and the truth and all of the good things of our Father. Well, as promised, we have talked about finances, we've talked about what God has done in 2021, and now we want to talk a little bit about what's ahead. And it's amazing, of course, to look back and see how God has provided for us as individuals, for us as a family of God, for us as a church. But we are in this crossroads right now of having confidence in all the things that God has been faithful to provide for us, and yet now being at a point where we're going to step out in faith for what we believe he has ahead. And so earlier, Danny talked about the story of Joshua and how they set up a memorial to remember what God had done and his faithfulness to his people. But how the Israelites got to that point is an incredible story altogether when we talk about what it looks like to step out in faith. Joshua 3, starting in verse 7, says this, As the Lord said to Joshua today, I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan was at a flood stage all during harvest, and yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho, and the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. It's pretty amazing. And if you notice, the river didn't stop like when they got close to the, to the river or like when they approached the river, but it stopped when they stepped foot in the river. And what this highlights is that God asked his people to go first. And um, I don't know, like if you've read this story, how you visualize it. So I had to do a little research and I found this book, this guy, Todd Bolin, he's a scholar, professor, and biblical archeologist. He wrote specifically about what it was like where the Israelites crossed the Jordan River. And he says several things. One, um, in the spring or during harvest, the river would have been 100 feet across and 10 feet deep. He said it would have actually been hard to get to because there's like this thicket there in that part of the region full of trees and bushes and wild animals. And so it would have been hard to even get to. He writes about this expert swimmer who tried to make it across in that spot and he couldn't because it was too deep and the current was too strong. And so it's not like they're walking across like the Vasona Creek, you know, like <laughs> going through the park there. Like this is a raging, flooding river and the people walk up carrying the Ark of the Covenant, which I'm sure is really heavy, and they step foot in this flooded river and God stops it. And they walk through on dry ground. It's crazy. Um, but I think what is, it's highlighting is that they had the faith because they had seen him do it before. And so they were able to trust to step out in faith and do it again. And so we feel like we're at this place where we've been able to look back, but God is asking us to step out in faith into what's ahead, both in 2022 and then beyond. And so if you were with us back in August, we spent a lot of time talking about where we sense God leading us as leadership of, of Calvary Church. And you remember we talked about this idea and we had this consensus that in our generation, introducing Silicon Valley to Jesus isn't just a, a marketing tagline, but that it's a vision that God gave to Calvary to fulfill. And it was um, the next question that we asked was, well, okay, well, how do we do it? 
Like, how are we going to reach 4 million people in, in 25 years? Um, and so one of the highlights from 2021 that informs where we're heading in 2022 is starting to develop that strategy. And if you remember, it was partnerships, pathways, and prayer. So we're going to talk through each of those really quick, and then in a minute we'll get to hear from Dale, um, and we'll close our service in prayer. Yeah, we asked ourselves if we're really going to introduce 4 million people to Jesus, then we need to figure out how to partner with other organizations and nonprofits and parachurches and churches who all have that same mission that we do. And you probably remember us talking about the ecclesia, that totality of the body of Christ coming together for the common purpose of kingdom work. And so as we look at our vision, we're not going to be looking at these other organizations and churches as competition, but rather we're embracing them as partners as we figure out how to do this together. And so we're really looking forward to Dale coming because he brings this level of creativity and he has such a passion for people in Silicon Valley knowing Jesus that in this next several months, we are going to be developing the arm of this strategy specifically alongside Dale as we figure out what it really looks like to partner with other churches and organizations. Jesus tells us in the Great Commission, he says this, and I give you all, or, and, sorry, let's, let's be really clear about what Jesus says. I don't want to misquote Jesus. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, so go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and in the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and I will be with you always until the end of the age. And so we've begun developing some significant work around our pathways. And in the coming months, we're going to share more about what that looks like. But Danny said it earlier, we're all being formed by something into something. And our hope is that we would be formed by God into something that looks more like Jesus. And so whether you've known Jesus for a long time and you're continuing on that path of developing your relationship with him, or whether you have not yet met him as savior, we think a pathway is a really strategic way to help everyone on their journey. So we have two pathways that we developed, and the first one is introducing people to Jesus through sharing the gift of his salvation. And the second is discipleship, and it's that never-ending journey for those who call Jesus Lord and who believe in God, that this never-ending journey of faith that's not complete until we are done on this earth. Um, and then it's encouraging others to do the same, to follow him in that same way. One of the things we talked about is that to be successful missionaries in Silicon Valley, we need these pathways for followers of Jesus to be equipped so that we can go out and introduce them to his son, into the son Jesus. And so um, over this year, you'll see opportunities to step into these pathways and invite others to come with you um, to take a step. And then lastly, we know that introducing Silicon Valley to Jesus in our generation is way beyond anything that we can do, even with the best strategy. And so that's why that third part is prayer, because it's going to require a movement of God. And we would say, if you look back at the history of these, of these big, large-scale movements of God, the thing that's common in all of them is faithful people praying, trusting that the same Holy Spirit that was there at the beginning who created and spoke life over the earth the same Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, the same Holy Spirit that came over um, the disciples and the people in the upper room is the same Holy Spirit that lives in each one of us who call Jesus Lord. And so um, the Holy Spirit wants to use each of us to advance his kingdom here on earth. And so trusting that, praying that, um, that's what we wanna be about as a church in 2022 and beyond. So I know um, 
you're all excited to hear from our new lead pastor, and he's excited to, to share with you. And so we have a video that we got to film with him, so I'd love for you to just check this out. Hello, Calvary Church. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Dale, and my wife Lisa and I are really looking forward to being with you in just a few more weeks. You know, having this rhythm of celebrating like you're doing this morning and remembering and looking forward is so important in our personal lives, it's important in our families, and for sure as a church. So I'm just glad that you're doing that today. And one of the things that we can always be sure of is that God is with us, He leads us, and He provides for us. And when we take our eyes off of Him and put it on things that can so easily entangle us, we begin to drift into some of these false narratives of the world, the partial empty truths of society, and we grasp for a control that doesn't even really exist. So as we seek to introduce our valley to Jesus, it's going to be critical to keep focused on one of the distinct purposes of his ministry, where he helped people see what his father was really like and how he comes besides those who have been pushed into the margins of life and he breathes significance into them. He opposes those who take a posture of pride, build solely on knowledge and challenges them to come from a place of love that's built on this humility. And this kind of clarity was hard for people because it took them off of their place of security that was built on opinion or how they saw things and put them in a place of trust and dependence. And so because of this, I am so encouraged that Calvary continues to strive to be a church that clarifies who Jesus is and how he alone forgives and saves us. He alone bridges the gap between us and his Father because of Jesus overcoming the penalty of sin through his bodily resurrection, we can now approach the throne of God with confidence, knowing that he wants us to be there with him. This is still so amazing to me. This is something I want us to experience this wonder every time we gather together. You know, this clarity is not only helpful in coming to know him, but also in following him. And I'm excited to join you in this journey where we take the truth and direction from his words, from his heart and his actions. It's been really helpful for me to say it this way, man, I need to be with Jesus so that I can be like Jesus and then I can do what Jesus did. You know, what our town, our valley and world need now is not more clever buzzwords that reinforce an opinion or some kind of rhetoric. We can have the most clever messaging and miss the point altogether. You see, all humans are made in the image of God, and call, God calls us to see everyone with this value. The church needs to clarify, not confuse, to bless, not curse, and be salt and light to provide a moral anchor and an ethical compass for each other, our community, and our world. So just God bless you all, and I'm excited to follow Jesus with you all as I come in just a few weeks. I can hardly wait. <laughs> it's going to be so wonderful to, to have Dave, Dave, Dale here full time. And <laughs> Frank and I had coffee with him earlier this week, and it was really, uh, it's just, I can't wait. So as we get close to closing here, I had just a few more comments, um, and then uh, we'll close this, this out. So, uh, so first of all, 
I learned two important things this year. One was the importance of a church-wide faith walk. Um, I think we all know about faith walks in our own lives where a crisis hits us or a family, and then you're praying for God to do an immediate miracle to solve it, and many times he has you live in that for some period of time. And as he teaches you things, teaches you to have faith. And then you see God's hand. And then ultimately he leads you in a, in a way that glorifies him through the, uh, the rest of that faith walk. But what we had here at Calvary this year was really a corporate-wide faith walk where he had to get us where he always wants us, which is totally dependent on him. We had no teaching pastors um, we, we had, we were two years in with Pastor Mark, and that was awesome, and it was a surprise and confusing to us in terms of, God, why are you, why are you taking him someplace else? But in hindsight, again, this remembrance is just, he was getting us right where we should always be, which is we have to trust him. And he did an amazing job of that, but especially um, for leadership, and I'll call them out in a minute. Um, it was really hard because you go through that initial like, well, how do we lead without, you know, projecting false um, optimism? And yet, how do, so how do we do that? How do we lead? How do we trust him? How do we model um, how, how to handle a faith walk? And so I am so thankful for uh, the leadership at Calvary. You know, I was blessed to be able to be at the center of all this, um, although some may not have thought it was a blessing, but I, but I do. <laughs> so first I'd like to just, uh, the elders have already been stood up and we applauded for them, so in the interest of time, I'm just going to again just address them and thank you for your commitment, for leaning into what God was doing, uh, letting the Holy Spirit bring us together. It's, it was truly amazing. Thank you so much. Leadership team, including Rob, which we missed so much this morning, but uh, Christy and Danny did a great job on it all year long. It's been amazing. Uh, you guys have just pulled together. Frank, as part of the auxiliary leadership team with me during the, this last year, it's just been a wonderful, wonderful time to see each of you grow personally. And when you look at the... Uh, the Greek word for elder and pastor is really shepherd would be probably the right. And so we all had to shepherd our own flocks and, and all of you did a wonderful job of that. And the staff, the staff had to, in the middle of unprecedented times of COVID, had to figure out how do we, trans, how do we navigate through this. It was truly amazing. So thank you staff. Let's give the staff a, a big hand. You guys were just amazing. Um, we already thanked the search committee, but uh, again, wonderful job. Um, that, that was fantastic work you guys did in a short amount of time. And then finally, um, as, as I think Christy and Danny touched on, the importance of prayer and covering things in prayer cannot be underestimated. And so for all of you prayer warriors, you know, the ones in the 
uh, Friday morning prayer team, the Tuesday night prayer team, the vision prayer team, uh, the staff, and all of you who, who else prayed, that was probably the most important thing that we could possibly do. So, um, before I, uh, I want to give special thanks to David Chun. I don't know if he's here today in person, but uh, David, thank you so much. David has served Calvary for the last, well, much longer than that, but as an elder for the last six years through some challenging times, and he was, he was chairman for a while and provided some leadership during some of the, you know, the times that really were, it's challenging to be chairman during things like that. So we're so thankful for the job that you've done, how you have just committed to your life to Jesus and how you've led out and served in such a way. So thank you so much, David. So the second thing that I learned this year is uh, chairman, you, you, you know, if the lead pastor goes away, you're the interim, and not that I was really a pastor, but I had to do a lot of the work, and I certainly had to be a shepherd. Um, the thing I learned is just how tough the job of lead pastor is. Um, there's so many things going on, so many issues, that uh, my conclusion is it's not a job for one person. You know, that, yes, we need a lead pastor, but it's only as we join arms with our lead pastor, Dale, and say, we're heading out, and we're with you, and we're going to provide um, our all that Calvary moves forward. So all of us in leadership, we can't say, okay, we're done, you know, and walk away. It's just, it's not going to work that way. So... What that means for Calvary is please keep praying for Dale and his family, for the staff, for the elders as we go forward. God's got some amazing plans for Calvary. Um, I can hardly wait to see that happen, uh, but it's going to require our prayer. So as we get ready to close, if I could have one or two prayer warriors just come to the front, I think hopefully Christy or Danny still have their microphones so we can have one or two people praying for um, Calvary before we leave. It's going to take a lot of courage to uh, walk all the way down here. And if you're at home, you, no matter how hard, how loud you shout, I won't be able to hear you. So thank you, Jim. Father God. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for waking us up this morning. Thank you for bringing us to your house. You are a good, good father in all seasons. And what a season it's been for um, Calvary Church over the last few years, God. And uh, we are just so excited for the next chapter. And God, we just want to pray for Dale and his family. And uh, we're just so excited to have them become come back to Calvary and become part of the family. And uh, Lead the family in your name, God. So uh, as we go about these days until he comes back in March and does his first sermon, God, just look over there. We know that uh, as a lead pastor, 
He's got an X on his back that the enemy is shooting for us. So, God, we just bind the enemy. We absolutely bind the enemy in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus Christ. We keep all his evil desires and plans away from Pastor Coach Gus and his family. And we just can't wait to see what uh, you'll do in this next chapter of uh, Calvary Church. And, God, we just thank you. Thank you so much for... uh, everyone, the elders and the people here and all the prayer warriors. God, we love you. We pray all these things in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Abba, Father. Lord, we are so grateful for who you are that you sent your son, Jesus, so that we could know you and be reconciled to you. Holy Spirit, we invite you in. We invite your presence in. Lord, I thank you for the hand that you have had on your church, Calvary Church, for over 70 years. Lord, we have said all along that this is your church and we will continue to say that this is your church. Lord, we offer ourselves to you. We offer this church to you as your vessel to be used by you for you. Lord, in Jesus' name, I bless each person here, each person who is watching, each person that you are drawing to this church with a fresh infilling of your spirit. Lord, in Jesus' name, I bless them with knowing that you have gifted them specifically, uniquely, with precision to be used for your purposes. Lord, and I bless them with just coming alive in that gifting, with seeing today with fresh eyes what you are showing them, with anointed ears to hear your voice, your whispers, the next steps you're asking them to take, and with a soft, responsive heart, Lord, to respond to you. I bless them, everyone, Lord, with greater intimacy with you, that we walk in step with your spirit for your purposes. Lord, the vision you have given Calvary is not our vision, it is our assignment. And so, Lord, I bless this church. I bless each person that you are drawing here to meet your son, Jesus, with coming alive and awake for your purposes. May your kingdom come, may your will be done, and may all the glory and honor go to you. In your son's mighty and matchless name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. So um, now I get to go back to the business side of things, although hopefully you saw this was a lot more of a celebration and, and uh, a worship service of what God has done. But um, I now declare the uh, annual meeting closed, and I'd like to leave you with um, a passage from... Colossians 3, uh, where Paul is instructing the Colossians in, in really how, how to be his church, how to be Jesus' church. Since God chose you to be holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together 
in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from God, from Christ, rule in your hearts. For as a member of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Amen. May it be so. So now you can head on out, get some more donuts and coffee, and uh, enjoy each other's company. Thank you so much, everybody.